You hear that? Your dog knows spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I was waiting for the uh, red light to go on there. I'm Katie Mox, joined by Will Brinson and Sportsline's Finest, RJ and Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Star. If you like winning picks, make sure you sign up at Sportsline.com. Use the co- promo code PICK to get your first month for just $1. On the last episode, Brinson, Brady, and Liget went deep oof, on Aaron Rodgers, his injury, and what is next for the Jets and their quarterback. Check it out on our YouTube channel or anywhere that you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Uh, much like my start to this show, our start last week in week one was um, a little rough. We didn't exactly kill it, uh, chalking it up to maybe some week one chaos. I went two and six. Brinson, you were what, two and four. Prop stars, two and four. RJ, two and five. We all won two bets. I've got a, I've got a, um, my best bets article up on uh, CBSports.com. Came out Thursday morning. No Thursday night football bet, but you can check it out. Uh, I think five or six of them. And if you're a Taylor Swift fan. Oh, um, I, yes, you are. which I am, I'm a Swifty for sure. Um, and also by the way, shout out to me way to way to do your job, Brinson. I put all my, I put all my best bets up on uh, sportsline.com as well. You can go there for, and use a uh, promo code pick for the first month for a dollar. Uh, RJ, I don't know if you, I mean, I, I emailed it. So I'm sure you were like, wow, great job. Way to do, way to do what you're way to, way to do the bare minimum, Brinson. Good job. You said last week, are you proud of me when you got one pick in? I said, I'd be proud of you when you get all your picks in. And Brinson, <laughs> I am proud of you. you yes. That's all I wanted to hear. Um, but uh, if you go and check out my best bets article, so I don't know if you guys know this. There's a Taylor Swift. Alex, Alex, are you a Swifty? I'm, are you a Swifty? Uh, I know she owns cats. So any like okay. fans yes. is a she fan is. of yours? Yeah. Okay. He's a okay. champion of the kitty. Well, um, uh, so there's a uh, Gannett Media is doing a thing where they're hiring a Taylor Swift correspondent. Like your only job is to write about Taylor Swift. Like you would be like you be like yeah, I don't like you think you do like fan stories, you follow her on tour, you write about like like rumors and like blah blah blah. And so I you know, so I that was like the intro to my best best piece. And I was like, Well, what do you do? Like do you weave um do you weave like Taylor Swift lyrics or Taylor Swift songs like into your writing? And if you want to check it out, I will give a Brinson buck to anybody who can identify all the Taylor Swift songs that I wove into my thousand word best bets article. Wow. It is double digits, I promise you that. So it's like an Easter egg hunt. Okay, that's yeah, that is really fun um, and a, a fun way to deflect from the uh, two and four. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, week two here. Give our best bets, but obviously, guys, uh, note that lines and um, odds are subject subject to change all the way up until game time. We are hitting these lines about 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So make sure that you check with your book um, before tailing. RJ, let me just ask you, though. Week one was wacky, right? Week ones are always wacky, but this one felt even crazier. Any key takeaways? 
Yeah, it was a historic week one for underdogs. Underdogs typically aren't doing that well in week one. And strategy-wise, I think I lean toward underdogs typically in week one um, because, you know, I think the, the market overestimates its confidence in things. But then, of course, the the favorites that I decided to take were, were pretty bad. <laughs> you know, I, I was like Denver at home or is always a lock. Sean Payton will, will be better with that offense. Did not turn out to be the case. Seahawks, one of my favorite teams this offseason, uh-huh. completely, completely laid an egg. So – the I had some some good underdog picks on the Sportsline site, but I didn't really feature them much in this podcast. So definitely going to be a change moving forward. I think this week I have a majority underdogs. Prop stars on the props. Anything that you took away from week one? Yeah, there were a lot of discounts in the prop market. I tried to take advantage of that. Ended up kind of biting me a little bit. I, I would definitely think that I underestimated um, sort of how sloppy the football mm-hmm. was going to be. It took a lot of time for these teams to get into a rhythm. One quarter, one half, even. I think it really benefited the teams that were able to get some preseason reps. Your San Francisco 49ers, Katie, obviously being. Uh, well-oiled machine looked like they were in mid-season form. Brock Purdy getting to play in the final two preseason games certainly benefited them. And if you look at the teams who didn't really have much preseason action, uh, it was a struggle. So uh, I wish I'd been a little more conservative. And uh, yeah, I wish I'd kind of just focus a little more on unders, I guess. Well, there were were also like a couple, um, we actually, I take that back. There was really only like mm, two games, I guess Chargers and Dolphins and then Patriots and Eagles where, you kind of felt like, man, yeah, that like not like I had the wrong side, but just like that could have gone either way, right? I mean, like like I'm doing the thing with Brinson versus Coach on um, mm. on CBS Sports Spotlight, and you know he went three and two, and I went one and four on those picks. I don't know how I went two and four of these picks and one and four of this, but whatever. Spreading <laughs> um, them out, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, but I mean, like you know, I mean, I already, I'm already, I already know how it's going to start from Coach. You know, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And like doing like all kinds of wrestling stuff, and I'm like, yeah, like it's a, it's a, I'm trying to decide like how aggressive I want to be in my um aggressive, yeah, but aggressive I mean, I like it, yeah, I mean, but like they're so we had those cool graphics they used last week to the like first week. It's like, oh, this is awesome, but then like I saw the new what the new graphics look like. They're putting a record in big font, like with like with the same. Were he standing like this? Yeah, and it's like three and two, and it's like I'm like one and four, like like you know, it's like like I, I'm already kind of dreading that, so. All right. Well, let's let's get let's let's wash ourselves of week one and get right into week two. People, real quick, the people in this podcast know for years and years the the uh, strategy has been fade Brinson anyway. So it's just the masses. The masses are learning that. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah. I mean, I either either run hot or I run cold, and like you know, ran cold week one. I just think like, I mean, road underdogs, road dogs. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I feel like it was like if you look at like I was looking at like the picks pool that I'm in, and it was like the people who did well last week. I'm like ah. I see. I see who did well last week. Wasn't the sharp people. Anyway, moving on. Well, look, I think everybody, everybody that I see except for one person got killed on week one. I will say, Brinza, did you get a haircut? You're looking pretty sharp. Uh, no, I did trim my beard, though. Thank you. Oh, did you do it yourself? <laughs> I did trim my beard myself. Okay, uh, I did. A, I, th- I, th- I mean, it was, it was getting pretty robust. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was one of those where, like, I don't know if you're the old Titans executive, uh, is it Rustin Webster? Who, um, no, I can't remember who God, was the guy's name, but he like he didn't have a beard, but he had this like goatee, but he like grew it like it would like would let it like grow over his lip and like up so it looked like oh. like the, it looked like a bane mask. Yeah, it was mine was getting a little too like uh, close to that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh let's get this moving on here because we got a lot of games that we have to go through. First up, looking at the Ravens versus the Bengals, uh, Bengals minus three and a half. RJ, you and I got this line um at three a little bit better, but I don't mind laying the field goal with the Bengals here. The Ravens defense, of course, made a complete nightmare uh for CJ Stroud in his debut. But Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty is not a rookie quarterback like Stroud. And yeah, he looked horrible, all right, in week one. One. He had a career worst, I believe, 82 passing yards, uh, but no preseason coming off of an injury. And the Browns just seem to have the Bengals number. And I will say I took the Bengals last week and it blew up in my face. But I do think that this offense is going to bounce back. The Ravens are pretty bra- banged up after week one. No J.K. Dobbins, which is huge, but also some injuries to their O-line, which are a little bit more concerning uh, for me. So I'm, I'm laying the three. What do you think, R.J.? 
Yeah, this opened two and a half quickly. I got bet up to three and a half. And um, now we're starting to see it creep back down to three. I think FanDuel was the first one to put three back up. Now a few other books are starting to do that. So we'll see if it settles around three. Um, I said on the early edge NFL preview on Tuesday that at three and a half, I wasn't going to play it. But at three, I like the Bengals. And so the Bengals minus three are a best bet with that available at FanDuel. Now the new look Baltimore offense never got going against Houston, despite the score um, looking like they did with all those points. And since he's offense, let's, let's just chalk that up. They're always bad in Cleveland. Um, you know, last year they had 220 something yards of offense. They went out the next week and scored 42 points. I don't think this is indicative of the Cincy team we're going to see throughout the rest of the year. And the weather didn't help last week since he's past defense was solid. The rush defense goes from facing Nick Chubb to Gus Edwards, justice Hill and an injured offensive line that probably is going to be without Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Lynn bomb in this game key injuries for the ravens already ruined their ugly head like they do every year for the ravens somehow um so those guys are hurt there's guys in the defensive backfield that are hurt for the ravens and it all lines up for the Ra- the Bengals to go and win this game for me as long as burrow isn't completely washed and, and needs, yeah. needs needs another you know week to to get healthy but i think he's going to be fine look to lay the points at three if you can get since he minus three uh when you can at your book because baltimore's injuries are already stacking up I mean, I, I lean towards Cincinnati here uh, as well. We've seen, you know, twenty last year they lost uh, seventeen to twenty to the Bing, to the uh, Cowboys in Week Two in twenty twenty one. They also lost seventeen to twenty. I mean, I'm just sort of I was I was hoping this is going to back me up. It's not, but um, I do think that like yeah, <laughs> uh, um, you know, they 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 struggled coming out of the gates is what I'm saying, and that's my only concern here is that it, it, it's not like Burrow is like wash. And, and I don't think he is it's just that maybe they're going to be slow once again on offense early in the season. At the same time, I didn't think Baltimore's offense looked that great against Houston. No. Like Zay flowers is the truth and he's awesome. And he's going to be, I think he's going to I mean, I think he's, I think that the, we, we, we had 30 to one and we were talking about um, as a rookie of the year bet, like even though the quarterback's going to be a problem, like that dude should be probably, he's probably going to be, I don't know, 10, he's under 10 to 1. It was 11 to 1, I think, coming out of, out of week one. And Lamar, Lamar could get cooking here. I just don't know if the Cincinnati defense is where Lamar is going to get going. Joe Burrow's had success against the Ravens in his career. And I, I think it might be one of those sort of like NFC West or the AFC North where Burrow just can't figure out the Bengals. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, maybe the Browns, excuse me, and like the, and, but just has the Ravens number for whatever reason. So um, I would lean Bengals here, almost put it as a best bet. All right, from uh, one favorite last week that laid an egg to another one, the Chiefs are minus three and a half favorites over the Jags. This was three, uh, which I liked better, but I'm actually still going to lay the three and a half with uh, Kansas City here. The Chiefs coming off of a completely humiliating loss on opening night. Like, yeah, I'm going to take the defending champions all day long. You know, head to head, Kansas City has won seven in a row. And that streak also includes their postseason uh, victory over the Jags in the divisional round. I think that Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey should be a go this weekend. I'd be surprised if both of them are out, but I'm hoping really that we get Travis Kelsey back because I don't know um, if Kadarius Tony can even show his face anywhere in Kansas City, uh, let alone uh, on the field. I do think that they're going to bounce back. I was a bit underwhelmed, sorry, Brinson, by the Jags against the Colts. I do think that they could have handled them more easily um, than what they put forward. So I just don't think the Chiefs go down 0-2 and two this season. I think that there's no way that Patrick Mahomes lets his receivers you know, drop all those balls. They're well coached with Andy Reid. So it should be a tight game, but I still like the Chiefs minus 3.5. I'm... Well, you're a Jags guy. I'm torn here, though. I like. I think I'm probably going to end up picking the Chiefs in in my picks pool. I don't have a best bet here. The the Jaguars. I thought, um, yeah, they moved up to number three in Pete Prisco's power rankings, which is a substantial move. You can listen to that show on Tuesday. Pete actually, we didn't talk to him about it, but I mean, we we were making fun of him for it because he moved him up so high. I thought the offense. I thought scoring 31 on the road in a divisional game in Week One, like a, a really tough game that we've seen the Colts struggle with when they play Jacksonville. Um, like I, I thought, I thought. I was impressed with Jacksonville, but um, I don't. I worry a little bit about the uh, the the defense here, RJ, because um, it's just like like I'm not sure. I'm not sure either defense is going to stop anybody, even with Chris Jones back. I, I said on the early odds show, 51. I like the over there, and I think it's creeped up like a half a point or something. I still would probably lean towards the over, even to that heat down in uh, South Florida or North Florida. Oh right, you said it was going to be like ridiculously hot. It's going to be steamy. 
Yeah, the um, Jaguars defense might be a problem. The Indy offense ended in Jacksonville territory seven times. Ended the game on the one-yard line, easily could have covered that game. Um, Anthony Richardson goes out, Gardner Minshew is not able to get it done. But you could see Richardson running in from the one-yard line and, and, and scoring the touchdown there to cut it within three. Um, Kansas City's defense, really, really good last week, despite the the, law, the yeah. Chris Jones absence. I mean, he put 14 yeah. points to, to Detroit's offense. Now they're getting an offensive line already had – Questions about on the Jacksonville side with the tackle situation and Brandon Scherf is hurt. If Brandon Scherf isn't playing, what's the state of that offensive line against probably Chris Jones and, and the regular pass rushers for Kansas City? So it seems like Kansas City really is the only way to go here if you're going to play this game. Would play it at three, but now that it's up to three and a half everywhere, just going to be a lean for me. Yeah, a little, a little dicier. Alex, anything on KC uh, and Jags? Yeah, really interested to see Trevor Lawrence's target distribution. Mm. Week one, Christian Kirk was the odd man out. Three targets, one reception, nine yards. Saw the huge triple-digit game from Calvin Ridley. Certainly a wide receiver, alpha one. But the targets after Ridley is what's really interesting. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones uh, pretty much got the same target share that they had last season. Christian Kirk only was in on, I believe, 50% or less than 50% of the snaps. Uh, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's a potentially spot that I'm waiting to see what his line opens at. But, yeah, at home against this Chiefs defense, I think they have a trouble covering the slot. So uh, I'm potentially looking to buy low on Christian Kirk and in what, in my opinion, is an advantageous matchup for him in week two. All right, Packers and Falcons, maybe my favorite bet of the week. The line has shifted dramatically. Um, bye, RJ. The uh, Falcons were uh, plus one and a half this morning, and the line has already moved up to uh, Atlanta minus one and a half. I said in my picks column, uh, and it, 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 I got it in before it, um, that it should be, uh, you know, that you should get the Falcons now while they were dogs and get the money line because they were going to close. This line was going to close the pick them. It swung it by even more like a full one and a half points, uh, which is, which is just wild. I, I think the Falcons, like I think the Packers are a good team. I really liked what I saw to Jordan love in, in week one, thought the defense was impressive. Uh, Aaron Jones, fantastic. Although he's been, he's a little banged up. I, I think they said that was uh, Jake Glazer reported. It was mostly precautionary, but I really liked what I saw to the Falcons, particularly their defense. I thought Atlanta's defense, People are really underrating the additions they made between like Calais Campbell and Jesse Bates um, and uh, DJ, uh, uh, not DJ Angoulet. Um, I'm forgetting who, uh, DJ, uh, uh, who, am I, who am I thinking of? Anyway, point being is they added a bunch of veterans. I, I completely blacked out there for a second. Sorry. Um, they added a bunch of veterans, and I think you're going to just see this Atlanta team um, keep, like, it's going to be a really steady defense. Desmond Ritter has never thrown an interception at the NFL level. He just doesn't – he doesn't turn the ball over. He hasn't you know, like, thrown past the line of scrimmage yet, though, Brinson. Right, exactly, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, David Anyamata. Sorry, I don't know why I thought DJ was the the, guy, the name I was going for there. Um, and I think when you see what – just like it, it's sort of like Tennessee light, as I was saying. Like, I think the Falcons are exactly what I thought they were going to be, and I'm not saying that, I, that that makes me right, but it just makes me confident that they can win these games that I think they should win, particularly at home, against a team like Green Bay where you see this total at 40 and a half – the, you know, Green Bay scored 38 against the Bears. This is not expected to be a shootout. You know, this is supposed to be a low-scoring game. Both teams are going to run the ball a ton. Atlanta's going to play ball control and and try to play good defense. Now, Green Bay might do the same thing. I just think I trust Desmond Ritter maybe a little bit more than Jordan Love to not turn it over when being forced uh, into those situations. RJ, I think you've got a best bet here as well. I do not. But I oh, literally... Ah, ah. <laughs> no, he said um, no. <laughs> oh, when the, no. Line moved, when the line moved, you got off uh, Falcons. Yeah. No, it might have been another one. I, I kind of lean Green Bay here. Um, I understand what you're saying with Atlanta. Um, I love played well around limitations at receiver, losing Aaron Jones in the second half. Um, the reason I don't want to play them, uh, and, and I'm worried about this line move, is that who knows who's going to be available this week for them. Um, it seems like the market's expecting some key absences there. Atlanta defense had a good game, but it was against a relatively easy pass offense. Jordan Love, really, the, the metrics graded him out well for that game against Chicago. I know it is Chicago, but um, Atlanta's defense, I'm not that worried about yet. Um, this is going to be a tougher test for them. Atlanta's yeah. pass offense, not scary at all. I mean, the, what I worry about with them is what if they fall behind? Are they capable of coming back? Because um, they're not throwing to Drake London. They're not throwing to Kyle Pitts, really. It's and they really don't care dedicated. about fantasy football either. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> that, don't care. That, they all say. We don't care about your fantasy team. No, but Arthur, it's, like, it's like, hey, no targets for Drake London. Arthur's just like, Drake, Drake London doesn't care. We don't care. Anything about fantasy football. It's like, well, they just first-round pick. Like, throw, well, throw yeah, the football. He, he, 
he should have uh, cued the uh, GM in on his offensive philosophy before they went out and spent top 10 picks on these guys, because that's just a waste of a pick if you're not going to yeah. go to these guys. Um, Green Bay's defense, best unit in the game for me. Um, and it's possible if guys are healthy, that Green Bay's offense is the second best. That's why I would wow. lean to the Packers in this game. Market move is likely the injury pessimism. Monitor the Friday reports. But if, if things look trending decently for Green Bay, I might go with Green Bay here. All right. Well, from the uh, the other team that Green Bay owns, the Chicago Bears uh, at Tampa, Tampa laying three. Tampa surprised a lot of people uh, by beating the Vikings in week one, although I think the Vikings still played better. Uh, they just had some bad turnovers in that first quarter, first half that they weren't able to overcome. But prop stars, you've isolated Mike Evans in this matchup. Yeah, Baker Mayfield looked very comfortable throwing to Mike Evans. I love him over 51 and a half receiving yards, had double digit targets, 28% target share in the game. I was also impressed with the Bucks offensive line, not from a run blocking standpoint, but from pass uh, pass blocking, they allowed three hurries. They gave up the four. They had the fourth best pass blocking efficiency grade of any team in week one, according to PFF. Uh, this Bears defense is absolutely awful. Oh. I think that's what a lot of us expected coming into the year. Uh, I think Mike Evans is going to continue to serve as that number one target for uh, Baker Mayfield. Elite usage. This game has some sneaky shootout potential as well, in my opinion. The Bucks cannot run the ball whatsoever. So I think their the key to win is to throw the ball, and they're going to rely heavily on Mike Evans in what is a very advantageous matchup. So love him over 51 and a half receiving yards this week. RJ, do you any- think Tampa's uh, going to be better than projected? No, I don't think they played as well as people <laughs> think they did in that game last week against Minnesota. Gave up a ton of passing yards, got benefited from some bad Kirk Cousins turnovers, and maybe it turns out they're just a defense that can create bad turnovers. Well, I guess we'll see moving forward, but the offense wasn't particularly well in that game against a Minnesota defense everybody hates. Um, so so I don't think that the Tampa Bay play, played that well despite the win. And this is I said on the Sunday early edge show that, uh, that this was my favorite look ahead of the week, take Tampa because they were plus one and a half. And Chicago had no business being mm. favorite on the road against anyone. Um, it's now in two and a half in the markets. But if you get three, I would take Chicago there. Um, maybe they're closer to the team the market expects, you know, and less the team that they look like in week one and that I expected. And maybe they'll get things figured out. This might be a better matchup for them, um, especially for the offense after Green Bay completely stifled them. Not easier for the Chicago defense unless they're getting more pressure on the quarterback, which they need to do here because Baker Mayfield kind of folds under pressure. The key thing for me is the weather in this game too. monitor the weather because it looks like it might rain. And if it's a rainy day, I really don't trust Baker throwing balls. And I do trust Justin Fields running around and picking up first downs and and potentially getting them back in the second half. So I think I'm going to look to Chicago in this game, but I want to get the plus three and fade the full overreaction on this line moving all the way from the Tampa Bay plus one and a half look ahead. That is interesting because there are a bunch of um, there are a bunch of games like that where it's you, you just have you have those kind of overreactions. Um based off of like one team looks like trash in week one and one team looks uh, really good in week one. And then you can sort of get a a nice value uh, in a week two line. For example, the Mm. Buffalo Bills hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. The Raiders go to Denver and beat the Broncos outright. The Bills get Aaron four snaps of Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G, that's right. There he is. Katie's man. Kelly's man. Uh, the uh, the Raiders get. I mean, the, the the Jets lose Aaron Rodgers four snaps into the game, and the Bills can't beat Zach Wilson. Uh. And as such, like we talked about this on the er- on the early odds show on Monday, it's like if the Bills win that game handily and the offense looks good, this line against the Raiders is like eleven or twelve. Yes, like this line is gets jacked up just and like you know just like the if the Jets stink or something bad happens to them and they can't protect that Cowboys line is going to move. Little did we expect Rodgers out for the year. Um, for me, I have a best bet on the Bills here. I think we see the um, I think I heard uh, my buddy Drew Densick, aka Well Capper, talking about this on the deep dive. The, the the one concern I think, and I hadn't really thought about this, so he said it. The one concern I think you have with the with the Bills here is does Sean McDermott try to rein in Josh Allen too much and really pull back and like let it be a run heavy game? Or is this like a okay, we don't have to play the Jets. They're sort of Allen's kryptonite. Let's cut loose against a, a Raiders defense is certainly questionable. I'm gonna go with the latter. First home game for the Bills uh, of the season. I think Allen has a huge game against the Raiders. I like Bills. You can get it at uh, minus eight and a half um, available at uh, FanDuel, I believe. We saw nine and a half up there, but you can you can find it at eight and a half out in the market. 
It was nine and a half. Uh, most places in FanDuel was the first one to have it down to eight and a half. And so um, I was definitely on on board. Well, I think um, another book might have had it there. But now the market has moved to eight and a half. And I think there might even be an eight somewhere because it seems like the move, market is moving against Buffalo. And I don't know why. When, once the look ahead, well, I mean, not the look ahead, the Monday line was 10 before they played on Monday night. And then it dropped to eight and a half coming out of that game when they look bad. But it's the Jets. They're going to look bad against the Jets seemingly every year. Now that the Jets have this elite defense and that uh, they just can't conquer for whatever reason much like the Burrow and the, and the Browns situation we talked about earlier. They're going to be fine moving forward. I don't see how they could move to a run-focused um, you know, attack because that's not how they're built. James Cook is their RB1. He's not a 20-carry uh, kind of guy, so they're going to have to throw it. And I think that plays well into this Raiders defense, which got really lucky with this week one opponent. They did not throw downfield at all. That's not going to be the case with Josh Allen. He, he was throwing downfield into coverages that he should not have been against the Jets. He's definitely going to do it against these Raiders that don't have um, much to worry about in the, in the defensive backfield there so we will see how that goes uh the one worry about the Raiders which is curious to me why this line is dropping is that Devontae Adams did not practice in, in on Wednesday Jacoby Myers did not practice on Wednesday both dealing with injuries if they trend toward playing maybe you see it think that the Raiders can backdoor this game I think this is a Raiders team that's going to score 17 or less against a, a mad Buffalo team and the Buffalo offense is going to go out and get 30 so my model said you you, you said uh, Brinson if they had won that game it would have been 11 and a half 12 my model has an 11 and a half I'm not adjusting them down too far for that game love buffalo minus eight and a half is the best bet i agree with you guys but i'm, I'm taking the under and for kind of similar reasons um that you both just laid out i do think this is going to be more of a ground and pound game certainly for the raiders because of the injuries they're just gonna be giving the ball to josh jacobs josh jacob also forced the most missed tackles in week one and and the jets did have some success running against buffalo and i i do kind of think after allen's three interceptions on monday night they might played a little bit more conservative with him, at least in the beginning, uh, try to get his confidence back up because that was really, really bad. Uh, the Raiders, of course, are not as strong as New York up front, but I do think they have enough to create some pressure for Allen. I didn't have this in there, but Allen to throw an interception, I think should probably be on all of our bet cards. What's, uh, what's the percentage or the, the number of juice? Well, let me, let me pull it up. I, I just came up with that one right now. I'm Minus 240. Oh, 240. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I, I, oh. I have looks, yeah. Uh, prop stars, you got a bet on here too, or did you already give it out? I, I did not, yeah. We're backing Gabriel Davis over 42 and a half receiving yards. I agree with you guys. This is a great spot for this Bills offense. Gabe Davis, 100% route participation, played mm. 98% of the snaps in week one. That was a trend carried over from last season. This guy does not come off of the field whatsoever. It was a very tough week one matchup. Actually faded him, worked out well against that incredibly stingy Jets secondary. Not the case against this Las Vegas Raiders secondary. Uh, Josh Allen had one of the worst games of his career, in my opinion. You give me any wide receiver in the NFL, you tell me he's going to run a route on every Josh Allen drop back, and he has the deepest A dot of any player on Buffalo's offense, and he's going to go. I'm going to take him anytime it's under 50 yards. So this is as much of a bet on the situation uh, as it is on Gabriel Davis, who I also am high on as well. So I like Gabriel Davis over 42 and a half receiving yards. I think he gets loose for at least a couple big plays. Um, by the way, Josh Allen over half an interception oh, no. plus one of five. Taking it, taking okay. it. Lock, lock. That's lock not, the man, I tell you what. Head. When you see that, that tells you that the, the Vegas does not believe in this Raiders defense. And uh, Josh Allen longest completion over under thirty six and a half. The under is juice minus one twenty. I mean, you could correlate that with uh, Gabe Davis over too, where it's like just thinking deep shots down. I, he. He's he not going to take. He's not going to take three deep shots like that. He's not going to have three interceptions. But plus one hundred five for him to do kind of what he does frequently. I'm taking. Yeah, it. sure. No, it's just not. It wouldn't be unlikely. I just think. I just think they're going to. He's going to take. They're going to be like, look. Y'all need to understand that we can throw the ball deep. At the same time, like you, anyway. Anyway, we need to take a break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to go into a whole thing, a tangent about like why the deep ball is. Like, there's articles out there about like why it's disappeared and all that. Um, it's true. But before we do any more tangents. Um, we'll come back and talk about some, uh, some, some teams being home dogs. But a reminder, this Sunday, we can't wait for another NFL on CBS doubleheader. The early games are headlined by Chiefs, Jaguars, and the Raiders taking on the Bills. Then the Jets will try to beat a daunting Dallas defense with their backup QB, Zach Wilson. It all begins at noon Eastern with JB and the guys on the NFL today. All hail Sunday. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Coming up next, Colts, Texans, oh my who we take and we'll tell you next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, back on pick six, and we are continuing to look at the early slate of games. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at the Lions. Lions are favored minus five and a half. Now, I looked this morning. This line has budged a little bit um, to four and a half. The look-ahead lines were two and a half, three. And then, of course, Detroit comes out, beats Kansas City. Seattle lays an egg against the Rams. And we saw a huge line shift. On Monday, we all kind of talked about leaning towards this uh, plus five and a half with Seattle because I wasn't overly impressed with what Detroit's offense um, did. Really, the Kansas City Chiefs beat themselves. This total is at 47. Now that it's at four and a half, I'm kind of shying away from it. I like the five and a half better. RJ, any leans or thoughts on this game? Yeah, the uh, four, I would be all on board, especially at five and a half and, and even six was available in the market. It's now come down. It seems like people are also not it, quite I buying see, I still see Detroit. five and a half. Am I, I see like five and a half at one spot. I see five at one spot, but I see a lot of places have four and a half and FanDuel okay. currently has four and a half right now. Um, so you can get it. I mean, five isn't this is the, one of the least key numbers you have. So, for, But the difference between four and a half and five and a half isn't as great, you know, moving that full point as it would be six and a half, seven and a half, or even six and a half, five and a half, because you're moving through the six. So um that's part of the 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 thing the the uh, what's happening there, and it's an impressive win for Detroit beating Kansas City just 14 points without the pick six. Um, the offense didn't play as well as you would expect, considering Kansas City was missing Chris Jones. Kansas City also averaged 5.1 yards per play despite their receivers dropping all those passes. If 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 those guys knew how to catch, I mean, they're what are they averaging six <laughs> yards per play, maybe six and a half. Um, it was an embarrassing second half for Seattle in that game on both sides of the ball. Um, played so badly that you just can't expect them to be that team moving forward. Something was off there, and I think they'll get it corrected. Um, but the problem is injuries are mounting. They were already dealing with injuries in the defensive backfield there, um, and now the offensive tackles both got hurt. Um, they signed 41-year-old Jason Peters, probably should not be out on playing field, but he might be forced into action, especially if he's just the backup now and somebody else gets hurt. So if even one of those offensive tackles is out, I'm not sure I can back Seattle, even though I really wanted to at the, at the higher number. Um, and if both are out, which might be the way it's trending, I, and I think uh, Abe Lucas might already be on IR, um, then I don't want any part of him. Yeah, I tend to think I'd look at the uh, the Lions here. And I re- I'm really interested, interested to and see. Four and a half the- five and a half? I don't really care. I think, they, I think Seattle might be bad. Like Seattle's both tackles are missing. Detroit's pass rush is good. I mean, Detroit, Detroit's on a 10-day break. Like, they have the weapons on offense to really do some damage to Seattle's defense, I think. And um, it's, it's possible that, like, like, I'm really fascinated to see the next two weeks for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Atlanta, I mean, Seattle at home, Atlanta at home. And you're trying to sort of validate this win on the road against the Chiefs. They're 10th in Pete's power rankings. Um, you know, I thought that was a little low considering that when you get on the opening day, like you got to You got to hold serve at home and go to three and oh, like, l- like, look out. They might be the best team in the NFC. No offense. 
Third best team in the NFC. Second best team in the NFC. I yeah. Let's let's pump the brakes on that. Well, one. let's see what happens with the Rams and the 49ers before we get too excited about the Niners. Just kidding. okay. Yeah. I, I'm just now. I'm just now. I'm just yeah. running my mouth unnecessarily. Let's, yeah. Let's do that. Uh. Oh, well. Okay. This one of the most interesting I think games on the board in terms of flipping is the Colts at the Texans. This line was a pick'em, uh, with Indy with the Colts minus one, and now it's flipped. Colts. Or excuse me. Texans minus one and a half. Um, over under 40 Brinson, you like Indianapolis here. I do. Um, and I think it's, it's a little unnerving when, uh, you see the line move to the Texans are now favored and I'm not exactly sure why one and a half. Yeah. I mean like that's like the lines like steaming the other way with a total of 39 and a half. That's obviously concerning. You don't want, you don't want to be like on the opposite side of that. I, I, I like the idea of getting a point and a half, um, I think I'd probably just take the money line with the Colts at this point uh, or wait till it gets to a plus mo- number or find a plus number on the money line out there. I just thought what, what we saw from the Anthony Richardson versus what we saw from CJ Stroud, to me, the Colts look like a, a better team and more prepared early on to do damage with their rookie quarterback. Just in terms of like, I don't think that Richardson's a better passer, but he can run the ball so much more effectively. Um, he was dangerous in the red zone. He you know, hit, Threw a touchdown pass to Michael Pittman, but it was a swing pass or a screen pass or a swing pass. And it wasn't, it's not like he was throwing the ball downfield. Um, if the, it's like, this is one where like, if either team gets behind, like, like load up on the other team live. Cause I mean, like, the, either of these rookies coming from behind would be a problem. Uh, yeah, but I lean towards the Colts. I think the Colts win the game outright. Um, I think the Texans coaching staff is really good. I just trust Anthony Richardson more with his coaching staff than I do CJ Stroud with his coaching staff. And uh, Alex, you got a, uh, a bet here as well, right? Yeah, I do. I think we see a lot of Houston Texans running back Damian Pierce in this game going over 74 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. It was a tough week one matchup against a very stout Ravens front seven, but there was a lot to be encouraged by. Uh, Pierce was the only running back who received a target in the game. A lot of the talk throughout the offseason was whether or not Pierce would become a three down back or be utilized on passing down, something that he really wasn't in year one. Uh, So that was obviously an encouraging sign. And I just think in a positive or neutral game, environment we're going to see the Houston Texans run the ball a lot more Uh, that game against Baltimore week one really got out of hand quickly the Texans were forced to abandon the run Uh, you just saw CJ Stroud having to throw the ball a ton so I think we see a lot more Damian Pierce in a game that should be a good matchup for the Texans to establish the run also love that they're utilizing him more in the passing game as well which is why I'm choosing to attack his rushing and receiving line versus one or the other All right, next up on the board, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. Man, sort of a – I don't know if it's a stinky line. (laughs) Like nobody wants to bet on the Titans in this game, I promise Uh -uh. you that. Uh -uh. Everybody wants to take the Chargers. And I'm here to tell you, you know, let's just add it to my card. Okay. I'm not going to like it. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> oh, RJ, do you have the Titans plus three, too? I was going to say the Titans plus three. I think the Titans win this game outright. Tannehill looked like crap against the Saints through three picks. Mike Vrabel is a dog. Give me the Titans. I'll take, I'll, I'll take the Titans. Add on the Titans as a best bet. Sorry, RJ. Yeah, I don't know. Stop copying my papers, print as Chris Curry said. No, I looked down. I really did. You say uh, nobody wants to take the model is the RJ model. Yeah, nobody wants to take the Titans. Well, it's moving down to two and a half at some spots. It looks like it's trending that way at others where it could drop. Um, I think people want to take the Titans, especially at three, which is what I'm doing. Miami did not t- test the uh, Chargers run defense because it didn't have to with, with that passing game. Um, but the uh, the Chargers pass defense, you know, awful in that game. Uh, and Tennessee let Tannehill throw way too much. He was the worst quarterback in week one. Um, you have to feature Henry, especially in this spot against the Chargers. Um, and with as bad as Tannehill played, they still caught and they almost won the game and and that shows you what like what you expect from Mike Vrabel when he is an underdog you're always going to be in the game no matter how bad your quarterback's playing Tennessee's defense thought that they were going to look a lot better than they did last year with all the injuries they had last year and they did they're not terrible especially when you got into scoring range they gave up a lot of yards did not give up a lot of points um so Chargers might score fewer points than people expect here they're uh, they should throw more this week with the Eckler injury um and, and uh and because the Titans defense is really good against the run so it does feel like an over game here even at 45 and a half coming off the key number but i think the better bet is taking tennessee plus three have them as a best bet uh, because they're just not going to play as bad offensively as they did last week 
Yeah, well, I agree. That y'all, y'all can cover on the Titans, but I agree with RJ that they are going to throw more. Justin Herbert only had 229 passing yards um, last week and only threw for one single touchdown. His over one and a half touchdowns was a little bit juicy, so I'm taking him over his yards, which is, uh, I believe, at 283 um, and a half. Last season, the Titans ranked dead last in passing yards allowed, and they didn't really do a whole lot this offseason to improve um, that pass defense. The Saints passing attack found success last week. Derek Carr through for 305 yards so whether or not the chargers win this game i do think that the the game plan is going to change a little bit and then um herbert's going to be airing it out more so i like him over on his passing yards the aforementioned niners nope i messed that one up didn't i you take us to break take it you know what take it away take it away you know niners Uh and the rams are going to play a football game hell yeah 80s niners my rams somebody's going to win Somebody's going to cover it. And we'll tell you who coming up after the break next. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow. That fast and easy. Yep. The application is 100% online. Plus no out of pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So are you not- coming back, by the way? Yeah, so the people listening to the podcast in audio form won't won't hear that. But yes, yeah. Frazier, Frazier coming wow. back on Paramount Plus. Look, if you can bring Top Gun back, you can bring Frazier back. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you like, you like Frazier? I do like Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yes, Although I yes. am a Real Housewife of Beverly Hills fan, and the way that he treated his ex-wife Camille was a little... Oh. Not that I like Camille either, but we don't need to go down to Real Housewives. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about right now. No. I mean, I'm just not a housewife. You guys, RJ, you watch a lot of Housewives, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Obviously. I have, I have my lines on, on all the, the Housewives. Camille, um, I'm sure one, there's one named Bethany somewhere. There is. Our, look at RJ. New York. This is Housewives. Uh, Alex, are you a Housewives guy? I am. Wow. Wow. What a plot twist. Are you? I, really? I will say yeah. more more men, I think because their wives and girlfriends force them to watch it, but more men know about Housewives than you would expect. I think that's probably accurate. And uh, I'll tell you what um, I've been watching lately that I like, my brother had me and my dad watch one weekend a few, like, it's a long story, but it was like weird. Like he's like firing it up at like eleven o'clock on like a Friday night when we were at my parents' house. But like I've been watching it this past week and it's fantastic. Uh, suits. Oh, um, I never got into it. So it's like 2008, right? It's a 2008 show. It's just like cheese ball, like 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 it's like Succession before Succession, but like back when it was like cheesy and goofy. It's on it's on Netflix right now. It's, it's wildly entertaining. USA Network had some heaters back in the day. Okay. Burn Notice. Um, trying to think what else. Burn Notice is a great show. Anyway, anywho. Um, Speaking of Burn Notice. You're on notice, Mox. <laughs> the Rams are about to put the Niners on notice. 49ers at the Rams. Rams are minus, or excuse me, 49ers are minus eight in this game. Um, was like seven-ish and ticked up to eight. I think that as high as maybe eight and a half and sort of ticked back down. Um, there are a lot of different ways you can go with this one. I really want to take the Rams as a best bet, but I, because I think Sean McVay is kind of back in his bag. Matthew Stafford looked superb. Uh, superb Al on on last Sunday had plenty of time in, in the pocket 
Rams pass protected for him. He threw some just in, like passes that only like three or four people on the planet can throw. Um, if he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks uh, on on earth. I mean, he just is like that's just how how good and how how, how much arm talent he has. Um, Puka and Tutu, uh, obviously two of the most popular receivers on planet earth. Um, Kalen Williams, who, uh, who who did a great job getting in the end zone, I think believe twice. The Ram and the and Aaron Donald was an absolute freak show. Having said all that. I ain't getting in front of this Niners truck stick, not with Kyle Shanahan owning uh, Sean McVay. Katie, do you have several bets on this? I do. Surprise, surprise. I have multiple bets on this game. I know everyone's like, oh, you're just a homer. But the reality is I know more about the 49ers than any other team. Um, so I only bet on things I feel comfortable with. Now, on Monday, I did say I lean toward the over in this full game. Uh, I'm backing away from that one. Instead, I'm t- going to take San Francisco team total over 26 and a half. It's at minus 120. I mean, as far as week one is concerned, the offense under Brock Purdy somehow is more explosive um, even than it was last year. In week one, the Niners led the NFL in 21 personnel usage. 53% of snaps had two running backs, one tight end, and two receivers. The league average for 21 personnel in week one was 8.3, and the Niners had 53%. So there's just so many different ways that this team can beat you. Uh, The Rams defense gave up 13 to Seattle, and Seattle was dealing with a lot of significant injuries to their offense. You know, two out of the last three matchups, the Niners have put up 31 points on the Rams. The Niners are going to wear their home red jerseys to Levi's South. And so, uh, look, I think that this Rams team is better than we thought they were going to be. I'm not even laying this eight points, even though I, I do think that they should be able to cover. But I feel pretty confident that the Niners can get above 26 and a half. It's come down from eight everywhere in the market at seven and a half. And some places are throwing out seven now. So it seems like people are back in the Rams at that huge number at home. Although the Rams, of course, don't have a, a great home field advantage anyway. San Francisco answered all doubts. I moved them up to tied to first in my power ratings. Um, but the Rams showed they're not a pushover with future Hall of Famer Matthew Stafford at quarterback, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now, probably. <laughs> um, but Easily. for the 49ers stopping a Matt Canada offense and stopping the Sean McVay offense, it's going to be yeah. very different things. We'll see if they can do that this week against how if I feel for Van Jefferson because Van Jefferson is a very cool name and he had the coolest name in that that receiver room and then out of nowhere Tutu <laughs> Atwell shows up and then and then Puka Nakua shows up and you're just you're just a guy you have a you're, like, you're, like, you're like John Smith all of a sudden <laughs> I know and Van Jefferson's a really cool name so yeah. I feel feel for that guy and um I think they're giving out fantasy targets by uh how cool your name is because he did not get a look there in that game one of my misses there was taking the over on his passing yards obviously it was a uh, the right you know strategy they threw all over Seahawks he just ended up not being the receiver one like thought and uh, he didn't get near that number so I think the Rams probably are the play I would love the over a lot better than the Rams but um because Jafford can just backdoor cover this number with how he looked yes but um even if San Francisco is dominating the game um so I would play the over if anything all right prop stars you've got a, a go-to on my 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 dude my dude, my dude as well, Brinson. Yeah. I am all over the sky. It was one of our best week one bets. Brandon Ayuk, over 57 and a half receiving yards. Week one, eight targets, eight receptions, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Talk about efficiency. Unbelievable. An incredible block to spring Christian McCaffrey for that touchdown run. Absolutely. I think this guy has emerged as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for whatever reason, because he was in Shanahan's doghouse early in his career. Uh, I think these numbers are suppressed. I think he he was second in the NFL week one in yards per route run to only Tyreek Hill. We also have a pretty significant Brock Purdy sample size, and it is painstakingly obvious to me uh, that Ayuk is yeah. his number one target in this yeah. offense uh, when, the, when everybody's healthy as well. So I love Brandon Ayuk. I think this number is going to ultimately settle in the low 60s so yeah i'm all over brandon Ayuk. it's probably my favorite week one bet so or week two bet excuse me so far is over 57 and a half receiving yards i i love that prop stars but i also think that christian mccaffrey's receiving yards at 27 and a half is criminally low for McCaffrey. And I think it's an overreaction. He only had 17 receiving yards against the Steelers. He was utilized more as your traditional back. I do think that that's going to shift a little bit. Maybe, you know, Shanahan gives Mitchell some more carries because 
Christian McCaffrey had 22 carries, 152 yards. Uh, I think maybe they'll utilize him more in the screen game, which is kind of a weakness for this Rams defense. Uh, last year, when you look at those two games, McCaffrey had seven receptions for 89 yards and then eight receptions for 55 yards against the Rams. Um, and then even just as a 49er, he averaged about 42 yards per game as a receiver and uh, about four receptions. So I think that Christian McCaffrey maybe doesn't get as much usage on the ground, but this 27 and a half feels a little low to me. So I'm going to take that. And then Matt Stafford to throw an interception. All right. This is just something that we know is going to happen. It's minus 150. You're, you're muted. We can't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, <laughs> I was like, how did I get muted? Yeah. I mean, look, it's Josh Allen and it's Matt Stafford to throw an interception. Again, there's a reason why it's minus 150. We know that Matt Stafford is great um, against the blitz, but his QBR drops significantly when he's not blitz. 49ers traditionally, traditionally don't blitz that much. Seems to be kind of the same under Wilkes. Um, and, you know, he just struggles in these muddy pockets, tends to throw off target, turns the ball over. Uh, and, you know, it did take the Steelers 28 minutes and 44 seconds to get a first down I, I think that's actually a pretty good uh, bet unfortunately it's it's almost free money now I will say he did not have an interception in the last time but, at, but but other than that it's free money um yeah I wouldn't be opposed to I mean I don't like fading Matthew Stafford at all obviously but I wouldn't be opposed to it yeah well, people that uh, a team that everybody wants to fade right now has got to be the New York Giants um, after yeah. the atrocious game that they put up on what was that Sunday night football but they're still laying six against Arizona. This total 39 and a half. Prop stars, uh, you're looking at Saquon Barkley here. Yeah, I'm going to fade the Giants ground game in this. Going under 74 and a half rushing yards for Saquon. I was very impressed with this Cardinals front seven. Their run defense, uh, very good against the Commanders. On 28 rushing attempts, held them to 3.3 yards per carry. Didn't allow a rush from anyone for over seven yards. Uh, the Cardinals are also a significant pass funnel. This carried over as a trend from last season. Second to only Miami as far as the biggest pass funnel in the NFL. So I think the Giants are going to come out actually with a pass heavy game plan see kind of Barkley more utilized as a pass catcher I just don't think he's going to get the necessary volume uh, that it will take to go over 75 rushing yards a player like him he's capable he's explosive enough where he can get a couple big chunks but yeah I just think this Cardinals front seven is very good it's the strength of their defense we're going to see the Giants throw the ball against them primarily I think it's going to limit a lot of the damage that Barkley does on the ground so I'm going to fade him under 74 and a half rushing yards this is a uh, four and a half in the market mode for the most places. I loved it at six. I got Arizona at six on Sportsline. Now we're looking at four and a half. So everybody kind of backed Arizona because why are the Giants laying that many points on the road with how their offense looked? Mm -hmm. um, and we don't know how. And they're not going to look that way against every defense, but the Cardinals defense really showed up in week one. Uh, 42 second half yards allowed. Not quite as good as the Rams, but still pretty good stuff there for them. Uh, the Giants' offensive line is a mess with Andrew Thomas hurt at left tackle. Doesn't seem like the injury is as severe as, as uh, you know, could have been. But who knows if he plays? Who knows if he's at 100% um, in this game? And if not, Arizona could tee off on that offensive line. Uh, we just don't really know how good the Giants are because that game got out of hand quickly. Um, but the defense allowed just 265 yards against Dallas. Dak was 13 to 24, so it's not like he lit them up to the tune of what you would normally see in a 40-point game. So maybe the Giants actually have a solid defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. That's why I like the Cardinals at plus six in a game that was totaled at 40 at that point because um, I just don't see them scoring that many points. But uh, my lean would still be the Cardinals. Cardinals here at four and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of hate this game just because I it's like the the theory on like the Giants got absolutely destroyed in week one and the Cardinals were frisky and hung around the, with Washington. Like it sort of leads you to believe, all right, like you know, like who like who's taking the Giants here? Like who's laying six with the friggin' Giants on the road in week two, even against the Cardinals? I don't know, man. Um well. This line, well, from what I'm looking at, a consensus line that's Giants minus four and a half right now, it says 86% of money is on New York. Or the money's on the Giants, right, right. But I'm saying like the most, I think most people are going to be like, I'll take the points against an Arizona team that looked better than I thought in week one. I think, I just think we could see the Giants, like Brian Dable clean things up, um, get the ball out faster. Like everything that could go wrong went wrong for them against against Dallas uh, in that home opener. And so I don't know. Like I, I'm probably going to stay away from it, but I, I would lean towards the Giants. I don't know, that's a smart move. The Dallas Cowboys hosting the New York Jets. This game 
was three Cowboys minus three at oh, uh, eight eight fifteen p.m. on Monday night. By eight twenty p.m. on Monday night, this line was off the board and was up to nine when it reopened with the news that Aaron Rodgers would not play and Zach Wilson would be going up against this Cowboys defense. RJ. Yeah, we see some nine, some nine and a halves in the market. Eight and a halves were out there for a while. I think forget about the spread here. Look at how low this total is, 38.5 point total. My best bet is going to be Dallas team total under 23.5 points. The Dallas defense just exploited Giants' offensive line issues. The Jets' tackles might be the same story. I'm not I'm not confident the Jets can score enough points to cover, even if yeah. the Dallas isn't scoring that many. So I didn't want to play the Jets plus 9.5. Um, but their offense got great field position. Didn't have to do much against the Giants, like I was saying earlier. Uh, Giants, the, the Jets' defense gave up 24 points or more just once in their last 14 games in 2022. Once Sauce Gardner got into the mix and the rookies got into the mix there, it was a good night for just about every single team. The one that didn't was the Vikings, and it's not like they played that well in that game. Um, my only worry is that the Dallas defense scores a touchdown here and puts this one over the total. Otherwise, I think this stays under against an elite Jets defense. Love taking Dallas team total under 23 and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's... you. I mean, the, the Cowboys... didn't impress me, yeah. Well, I mean, the Dallas offense didn't impress me, and I think that they'll be really conservative against a very good Jets defense, trying to make sure that, like, like we're going to run the ball, not let anybody, not let Dak make mistakes. You're not going to throw the ball down the field, get the easy completions, punt when you got to, and just force Zach Wilson to try to beat you. And, like, because if, if the Bills had done that, they win that football game. Like, if the Bills just hadn't forced the ball downfield, hadn't made the mistakes, hadn't had the turnovers, they win the football game just because the Jets won't score. Um, Elsewhere in NFC East news, the Washington Commanders head to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos and the mighty Russell Wilsons, who did not look very good. Uh, it is easy as mighty. It is sure is easy to um, suggest that everyone and their brother will be taking Washington plus three and a half here. Washington mm-hmm. didn't look fantastic, but man, the Broncos, people are just off the Broncos and laying three and a half with Denver, RJ, uh, feels a little dangerous. Yeah, they have a great home field advantage early. Somehow wasn't enough to beat what's probably going to be a bad Raiders team. So I don't know what the, the offensive philosophy was coming to this game. They did not throw downfield. They looked like Atlanta with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. That's how scared they were to let Russ Wilson throw. And maybe that's smart because we saw what he looked like on his deep passes last year, and they just did not want to do that. Um, but, you know, no no plays over 21 yards, I think, in that game. Lombardi's offense, that could be the influence of that. We, we know that we were always complaining about the Chargers with, with Lombardi and that they wouldn't throw downfield, and, and that's exactly what we saw here with Russ. Um, so maybe it's good if they do that long-term and he can't make those passes anymore, but it sure does make the offense easy to defend, which is what the Raiders found out. Sam Howell honeymoon already over 3.8 yards per play against uh. the Cardinals is, isn't going to get it done. This is going to be a three four, or four point game either way, which I think why everybody sees there's value taking the dog, hoping it's a three point game in Washington or the Broncos lose by three. Yeah. Somehow killed me uh, in fantasy. Um, all right. Looking at the he dog. Ran for, he ran for a score there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Not great. Um, well, you know, Josh Allen is the, was the worst thing. Anyways, Dolphins um, laying three at New England. Now, this was this is one of the one of the two bets that I hit last week was taking the uh, Dolphins as a dog money line against the Chargers last week, and I think the New England Patriots maybe surprised a lot of people for how well they were able to contain um, the Eagles. I mean, obviously we knew that this was going to be a good defense, but I think they're even just a little bit tougher than we thought. Um, Brinson, you're taking the Pats, though, here, plus the three. Yeah, I love the Pats in this spot. Uh, Miami's really good. Offense is fantastic. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, incredible football players. Uh, the Chargers' defense just might stink. And, like, that's a big problem for Brandon Staley because, ooh, congrats. You you have an, you you turned, like, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, Donald Parham into a good offense. Congrats. Why does your defense stink? You're a defensive coach, and you've got a bunch of really good defensive players on this team. Why does your defense stink? They got torched by um, by the Dolphins passing offense. I think you'll see Miami get slowed yeah. down a little bit. They were really like – Miami kind of felt like it came alive, too, in the second half, and I think New England would be – New England, Bill Belichick's still a mastermind, if you will. Um, Taylor Swift, shout out. Uh, at, on, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I thought, I thought their defense looked fantastic against, against Philadelphia. And in my opinion, the Pats are an underrated team right now, particularly when it comes to the playoff race because Aaron Rodgers' injury. Like, and I think both teams have to know this is a massive game for the AFC East and for the AFC as a whole because 
if you win this game with Buffalo 0 and 1, like, like all of a sudden you could end up in a situation where everybody's 1 and 1 in the AFC East um, and, and the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. And like, that's a completely different landscape than we thought that we'd have uh, before. I just, I think the Pats are underrated by the market. I'm guessing RJ does too. Yeah, the Dolphins got credit for having an elite offense, um, which we knew they had when Tua was healthy. They had that last year. Uh, the Patriots didn't get credit for anything. And even though they probably should have beat the Eagles and gave me another loss on my best bets because I had Philly minus four and do not feel like I deserve to get that win because of how well New England played in that game um, defensively and offensively. I mean, Mac Jones um, played really well in that game, had 35-something completions or something like that. Philly ended minus three and a half in that game um, by the time the number closed there. Now we're saying that the Dolphins are only a half point worse than Philly. Mm. Um, I don't buy that. Um, Tua was incredible, but the defense for New England showed hints of being elite. Um, They're a lot better now. Christian Gonzalez now on the field. Um, I trust them a lot more. I already trust them coming into the season. Had questions about the offense. They look pretty good there. Um, Philly's offense, just one touchdown drive, 4.1 yards per play. While the offensive line for New England held up against this elite Philly defense, I know some guys were getting back in the backfield, but it's not like they – you know, uh, snuffed out the passing game at all. Mac Jones still had his stats there. Run game wasn't there for New England in week one. Miami just gave up 234 rushing yards. The run game is probably going to be there for New England, make their offense a little more dynamic. So Mac Jones isn't going to have to do as much this week. So, yeah, I think New England wins this game. I think this line should probably be closer to pick them and, um, because New England just did not get the same credit that Miami got coming out of last week. Prop stars, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think it's Ramonde Stevenson's season. I think this mm. is a spot where New England can definitely establish the run. Really has had a hard time getting him going week one against that Eagles front that played very well. But again, again, RJ mentioned how many rushing yards uh, they gave up against the Chargers. The Chargers aren't even known as a good running team either. Austin Eckler went over 100 yards. Joshua Kelly uh, nearly 100 yards as well. So I think we'll see a lot of Ramondre Stevenson in this spot. I think it sets up really nicely for a big individual game from him. I agree with that. By the way, just just worth noting, the uh, Dolphins last year scored a combined forty-one points in two games against the Patriots defense. So, like, and 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 seven of those came at the end of the half in that first game with like eight seconds left on a fourth and eight, where um, instead of punting the ball and just like let Belichick take a knee, Mike McDaniel threw a, a quick. A slant to Jalen Waddle who took it to the house. So, like, the Patriots, like, I know Tua technically has Belichick's number or whatever in terms of the record that he has against him, but, like, with Mike McDaniel's offense, like, shutting, like, holding them to that many points in two games last year says something about Belichick and his ability to, to coach against this Mike McDaniel defense. So, I, I think that, that too, makes me a little confident in the Pats. It's going to be a fun one. All right, this is going to uh, commence our week two pick show. Hopefully we uh, we all bounce back a little bit better than week one. Make sure you join us um, for more NFL coverage on Sunday with the Super Friends as they recap the Sunday slate of games. Uh, remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. I will see you next Monday. Brent, we'll see you on Sunday. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 